0: Hey, this is Steve-O from Clipwing and in two months, and I want to invite you down to the Beer Boutique at 910 Region Avenue. We're your premier destination for all malted beverages in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Pride ourselves in providing a unique experience for each person who walks through our doors. So whether it's local, craft, succulent cider, or seasonal refreshments, we carry the brands you seek as well as those you've yet to discover. Come see us soon at 910 Region Avenue. That's the Beer Boutique. See you on the other side.
1: So, Witch Police Radio is a music podcast. If you've listened for any amount of time, you know that twice a week I interview local artists and people tangentially related to the Winnipeg music scene. But if you're a regular listener, you also know that I like to nerd out as much as possible about podcasting on the podcast. That's part of the reason I was involved in founding the Manitoba Podcast Festival, and it's what's happening on this episode today. The guest on this episode is a comedian, podcaster, And although he doesn't consider himself one, an investigative journalist. Ryan McMahon is the artist behind Thunder Bay produced with Canada Land, which, in my opinion, is one of the best deep dives into the dark underbelly of a city that I've ever heard. And we get into that show, into how he put that together, about the research involved, about trying to bring some of these issues to light, as well as some of his background in podcasting, which predates mine, his work as a comedian, and a lot more. It was a great conversation with a guy that I've been a fan of for quite some time, and I'm really glad I had the opportunity to talk to him. We had a lot of other stuff we wanted to get into, but it got cut short. We both have kids. Our schedule's a little bit tricky to organize in the first place, so this is about a half hour of conversation, and we have a part two coming. We're going to record a second part. There's a lot of stuff we didn't touch on in this episode, and if you like this one, I hope you like that. Stay tuned later this week for, you know, back to the usual musician podcasts, but I'm probably going to do this kind of thing more often where I go a little bit out of the show's comfort zone to talk to someone who I'm personally interested in or whose work has inspired me in some way or another. And just to note that while the audio quality on this is pretty good, it was done over Skype and there's a couple points where I lost a bit of the connection and you can hear this kind of weird echo on my side of the conversation of what he was saying. It happened maybe twice and you probably won't even notice it, but it bugged me when I was listening back to the show, so I figured I'd say it listening to Garbage Hill, one of its first podcast network. <laughs> Welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm on the phone again, or, or Skype, or whatever you want to call it. But um, I'm, you know, the show usually, if you're a regular listener, is about music and talking to Winnipeg musicians. But I often kind of stray from that subject matter to talk to people that are doing interesting things in sort of subjects that that I'm personally interested in. And podcasting is one of those subjects. Um, you know, as a lot of listeners know, I'm involved in the Manitoba Podcast Festival. We have built a little community here, and the guy I'm talking to today. I think that you, it's probably fair to say that you've um, developed a pretty decent uh, career out of podcasting at this point. I mean, I know you had your comedy career before that, but you're kind of a success story, I think, as far as independent podcasting in Canada.
0: (laughs) Well, I still do comedy and I still mop floors, so, uh, yeah. uh, But yeah, thanks thanks for that. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I was podcasting before... uh, before itunes really had a proper podcast directory for podcasts so um i was a stay-at-home dad you know two babies running around my house um much like you i understand you know with 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 kids and so podcasting for me was a creative outlet and um you know it was a chance for me to turn the microphone on and, and publish what i wanted when i wanted and um you know having come from the comedy scene in toronto and and uh, moving to Winnipeg I just didn't really know that many people, so it was a way for me to stretch my uh, sort of my comedy writing legs and um, and just keep that muscle strong so I mean that was two thousand and eight when I started podcasting and you know today talking with you still in love with it just the same way i was I was back then
1: yeah and that's that's pretty early to be getting in on it because I mean even among the Winnipeg podcasters that I know i've been doing this since two thousand twelve and that's super early you know among my other peers so that's a long time and i think that when i first sort of discovered your work in general i was looking for winnipeg podcasters and i found your show and i started listening and then i realized you were connected to all these other shows and it seems like you turned just a guy with a podcast and doing your main job of comedy into being a guy with something to say and kind of a a very ever growing platform i guess to to say it <laughs>
0: Yeah. I I don't know. I just, I, you know, podcasting just kind of lets you, you know, as cliche as it is, it provides us all with a voice. Right. And, uh, if you look inside the top 200 shows inside of iTunes right now, some of those shows make you say, what the fuck? You're like, really? Like a knitting podcast? Like there's, there's a community of people that listen to people talk about knitting and, uh, yeah, of course. Of course there is. Right. Like, so, so, you know, I think podcasting is the great equalizer in a lot of ways. And while, yes, I, you know, I had a, a career uh, in comedy and, and, and writing and, and a few other things, but <clears throat> none of that stuff was giving me the flexibility and, and, or the ability to say what i wanted to say and you know yeah you know it's it's nice to be on you know the cbc manitoba drive show to talk five minutes about like the garbage cleanup efforts in the core and the exchange district and you could be that guy or you could be somebody that has conversations like this in full form talk about art talk about music talk about community and it's through that work where you really discover your voice and you discover the value of having a voice right and um that's what I appreciate so much about your work. I mean, there's so much music that in Winnipeg and around Manitoba proper that you know unless you're paying attention, you just never you don't know you don't know you don't, you don't you can't go to all the shows, yeah, and so to create that niche and to create that space for yourself um is just so damn important and anyone listening to this that's on the fence about, well, maybe I do want to start a knitting podcast <laughs> or I do want to start a music podcast. stop waiting, just do it it's 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 a great it's a great chance to uh, build community and to, you know, ha- have your voice heard ultimately.
1: For sure. And I think that um, that's something that we've been trying to encourage by doing the festival and things uh, here in Winnipeg. And I mean, I know you have like networks and things you've developed to, to give other people a voice as well. So uh, I think it, it, like you said, it's a great equalizer. And I think it's one of those things that there's a very low barrier to entry. As long as you have something you want to talk about, you can yeah, yeah you I can mean, do it. I mean,
0: every smart enabled device has... A, every, um, every smart enabled device in your pocket or, or on your coffee table has the ability to record a voice. And, um, you know, with apps like anchor and, uh, with, with services like SoundCloud, you can record directly onto your device and upload. Um, and so, you know, back when I started, like you're talking about, you're talking about hand coding RSS feeds and, um, you know, trying to find the friggin' Apple iTunes podcast directory link online back when they didn't even publish that link. So, you know, like the barrier to entry today versus, uh, even just three, four, five years ago when you got started, I mean, the game's changed, everything's changed. So, um, it's right in front of you if you want it, I guess is is kind of what, where it's at right now. And I mean, not just like a fringe festival, I'm sure you've been invited to a shitty fringe festival show put on by a buddy. Just because you can write a fringe festival show doesn't mean you should. <laughs> and, and I've sat through enough bad fringe festival shows here to know that not everyone should write a fringe festival show and not everyone should start a podcast either. But if just like when young people come up to me and go, man, how do you start in comedy? I'm like, are you thinking about comedy? And they say, yeah, I always think about, I got, I, you know, I think I want to try. That's not normal. Yeah. And if you, if you're thinking about it, put a hundred people in a room, 98 of those people have never once thought about standing in front of strangers telling jokes. But to those two people that think about it at lunch hour or think about it at night or think about it in the shower. It's not normal, and you should listen to that voice, and you should try it. And I, I think the same thing about podcasting.
1: For sure, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, having listened to a bunch of your comedy podcasts you know, early on, I know you were always someone that had something to say on your shows, but it seems like lately, I mean, you look at your, your name on Twitter and you have comedy in your handle there, but you're talking about <laughs> serious issues, and you're doing podcasts like Thunder Bay and things that are they're really hard-hitting, and, and really, I mean, they're, they're journalism. Like, how, how how did that happen? Because I mean, for me, you know, I, I do a form of journalism as well, but that's what my background is. I, you know, I went to journalism school. I work in in radio today now, like every day. You know, and so for me, it was normal. But I mean, you're a comedian. How did you make the tra- the transition from telling jokes to telling serious stories?
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. I I, if, I I would be lying to you if I said there was there was a formula or there was a moment or or anything like that. It was really just. Uh, The sort of a natural progression into the next next step, my next interest, and the next thing that I want to do. And what I realized is, through my comedy career, I was given a lot of leverage and a lot of room and a lot of privilege. And you know, you look around and you're like, "Oh, great! Like, you know, I've got this privilege." And you know. In 2012, I, you know, I became the first native comic to ever record a one hour comedy special and and I didn't even know that and and then the CBC was like, oh, you know, this is a big deal. We're going to celebrate the hell out of this and your name is going to, you know, go down for this and then and I I hadn't paid attention really to that end and then and then all of a sudden because it was on TV, it was like now I'm not so worried about how I'm going to pay rent and like, you know, I have what they call a career. And that was an exciting time, but it was it was a lonely time too. And and I thought, it, you know, am I going to be driving to Moose Jaw to play the Legion on a Tuesday at seven p.m. to eleven disinterested veterans for five hundred bucks for the next ten years of my life, or or is there something else I can do? And you know, no disrespect to Moose Jaw or, or the Legion or those eleven veterans that showed up that day, but um, I I just always felt. I needed to scratch another itch. And as my as my comedy writing evolved into wanting to tackle more serious uh, themes and, and actually say something on stage, then my voice kind of started to change in, in the other writing and stuff that I was doing. So it was really just a natural thing. And I would say if I'm being honest and really kind of zoom out and take a look back down at it, I would say I don't know more was the great sort of moment that that kind of asked us all to like fucking do better. You know do more do a little extra show up one extra time you know volunteer be a part of it where i felt like my podcast was at its height like you know i was looking at 20 25, downloads an episode which is a big number for me um and i thought if i have this many people listening then i better have people on to talk about it. i don't know more because there was so much disinformation and and half truths and outright lies from the government i thought Let's hear from the people. So I turned my podcast over red man laughing. I turned it over into like red man crying where I was like, you know, let's do these deep dives into this policy and legislation and, you know, all this other shit. So I think it was really honestly, it was, it was the natural progression of, of the moment we're in, uh, the politics of the day in my own interests.
1: Okay. Had you had those kind of, uh, I don't know what the word is. I don't want to, I don't want to say politics because i don't th- I don't think it's politics but those those kind of values those kind of um issues that you wanted to address like was that always in you or did you need to be kind of sparked by something like i don't know, I don't know more
0: no it's de- it definitely always in me um you know my grandma used to say you know you're, you're Ojibwe, everything you do is political and i didn't really i didn't really know what that meant until until i became a parent where i thought yeah like I, i'm i'm responsible for for these lives. And I'm, I, I need to make good choices. And, you know, I just, I just started to understand my place a little bit better and a little bit more. And, um, I don't know, man, I was always active as a youth back in my home community when I was in, uh, in high school. Like, you know, I volunteered for a lot of shit. I, 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 I volunteered a literacy program to help adults learn how to read. I, I did lots of shit like that, where I was just kind of raised that way with thinking about community, thinking about how to help out. And I really credit my parents, um, who, you know, through their own struggles and recovery from drugs and alcohol and, and treatment and different things kind of showing us how to be good community members, um, in our family. And so I learned the value of the, you know, being active in the friendship center community and the youth community and trying to chip into the, to the sort of chip in, Uh, Where I could to 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 help the whole you know to help to to help everyone so so those are values that I think I always had but It wasn't until really I started digging into this work where I felt like um, I had wasted enough time and um, You know Spent enough time being a fuck up in my life where I had to really change and be serious about About trying to make an impact and trying to make a difference
1: and do you still see the work you're doing now as an extension of that? Like, you're still trying to make an impact, trying to make a difference, trying to help people, I mean, maybe help people understand issues that perhaps aren't, aren't, aren't as clear, you know, on paper? Because I think that's one of the benefits of podcasting about serious topics is that, you know, whoever's doing the show can really dive deep into it and, and explain it in a way that maybe someone who's not interested in politics or not interested in, in this and that can, can get a grip on.
0: Yeah, man, I I really think like uh, <clears throat> just like what you do on this show all the time. I you, you build a doorway for people to walk through, and you're like, oh, y- you know, here here's here's a band that you would have never gone to see, or you know, here's a here's the here, I'm presenting the evolution of a band. You know, you started here, you ended up here. Uh, it's it's all these stories, all the stories that are are, are told through podcast or through comedy uh, through documentary, um, are doorways and, and they're invitations for people to walk through those doorways. And, you know, people never know what they're going to find. Once they open the door, they walk into that room, they turn on the light. Sometimes people go, Oh fuck, I was not ready for that. I'm out of here. And then, and then sometimes people are like, Oh shit, I'm going to sit on the couch and check this out. And, um, and so any anytime we have a chance to reach people, and you have a platform, and you're privileged to, to to have that space in that room. You have an opportunity to reach somebody's heart and mind. And like you know, my my mentor, a dear dear friend of mine who passed away, um, back at uh, at the end of 2013, Charlie Hill. Charlie was uh, an Oneida comedian from Wisconsin who was the first Native comedian to ever do TV. He did Richard Pryor's TV show in 1970. Pryor had a, a variety show for for five episodes until uh, until he set himself on fire and <laughs> you know uh, was yeah was was being Richard Pryor, um, but Charlie Charlie Hill did his show and and he stayed in Hollywood and he didn't take the sort of the easy what I call the Bingo and Bannock native comedy route. He he really stuck it out in Hollywood and he fought for every. Inch of space that he was given, and and you know after after uh, me doing stand up here in the city for for a couple of years, uh, I got to meet him back in two thousand nine, and and um, and then for that four and a half almost five years where I knew him, you know we would talk all the time. He became sort of a de facto kind of grandfather figure for me, a mentor and a, and a best friend. But he told me one time, comedy is too important not to be taken seriously and and that for me changed everything it it changed everything And, and he was just basically saying like you have 400 you know white well he would say white asses in soft seats you you're in there fist fighting them you're in there to change your mind you're you're in there to 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 reach their good hearts and their good minds to let them know who who indigenous folks are and and i thought man if if that could be my life's work, I'd be pretty proud of that. So that you know, that affected the writing. That that uh, you know, some comics can go and tell dick jokes or tell jokes about getting high with their cat. Um, but I, I, that that day when Charlie told me that, um, it was 2011 when he told me that. Uh, it changed changed me forever. So I, I I I that's the way I think of our stories. Is we have we have the chance we have the chance to reach people's hearts and reach people's minds through, through these stories.
1: And I guess the, like we were talking about before, the low barrier to entry means that it is possible for someone who maybe wouldn't have had that privilege or opportunities to get into a radio studio or to do it, you know, on a professional level can, can literally just press record on their phone and and tell those stories and have them preserved, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. And, 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 you know, and it depends. It's all, it's all about scale and it's all about like, well, how production heavy am I going to get here? You know, are we doing sound design? or are we just going to drop some tracks from garage band into the timeline and try to make this sound a little bit better? Like, and there's a scale and there's a spectrum, you know, that people, that people will determine for themselves. And, and, um, and that's the great thing about this is your, your work will evolve and and change. And some, some days you'll be lazy. You're like, yo, I'm just, (laughs) I'm just putting this out as is. I can't, I can't edit this thing anymore. And other days you're like trying to create high art. So, um, that that's that's the beauty of this medium for sure
1: yeah when you did the i mean a a project like thunder bay which you know has got quite a bit of critical acclaim and and it was probably one of my favorite podcasts of the year i really got into it um not to dwell on the you know are you a journalist are you a podcaster are you a comedian but i mean that was a that was investigative journalism that show and that's not something that's not a skill i don't think that people can just can just do i mean Obviously you're interested in the story and interested in, in letting people know what's going on in a crazy situation like that but how do you just even get into that like how did you even find out about these stories and how did you sort of delve into them enough to be able to put that together because that was obviously a lot of work right
0: it was a lot of work and um, you know I, I you know I, I would be bullshitting you if I told you I had all the skills of an investigative journalist. Um, I'm very hesitant to call myself a journalist though. Many, many people do call me a journalist, but the, the work is really about the curiosity and it's about the, the ferociousness in in which you attack, um, those stories. You know, I, I, there was just so much fuckery in Thunder Bay. Um, and it's so close to home for me. Um, and we're talking about dead native kids. And I, I just thought, fuck, fuck these guys, man. Like I, uh, there were a few moments where I was scared and I was like, I, if I'm breaking the law, then I'm breaking the law. Or if I'm not, if I, if these aren't journalistic standards, then, then my impulses are wrong. Yeah. Um, it, it turns out that I was right a lot of the time. And it turns out that my own stubbornness or my own inability to say no or whatever it was, were impulses that were leading me through a process. And and you know when it comes down to it, like yeah, the the journalistic standards and some of the questions that need to be answered by journalists proper. That's why I partnered with Canada Land, and that's why, that's why that partnership made sense. And I, I really want to be clear. I, I want to tip my hat to the entire team at Canada Land for for not just for not just seeing the the impact that that this podcast could have, but for for lending their tools to my tools. And when you when we blend those tools together, we came up with a pretty good recipe for success and um, and that you know that that process of preparing the community for 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 my arrival and for that work you know it took almost a year yeah and it wasn't a usual process where you helicopter in helicopter out interview four questions and then bounce find a gang member trick them into talking to you with a secret recorder like it, it it wasn't that i found a gang member i sat in a tim hortons many many times with that gang member and i i, I got to know him i didn't get a face tattoo though <laughs> though there was a moment where it was like i might have to get a face tattoo um and i'm far too fat and ugly for a face tattoo so so th- there was definitely like a it was a year of like just of of relationship building and I use the motto trust over tape sure um, I wanted to build that trust in that community before I ever rolled tape and um, and so you know I think I think I think some of the sensibilities that I have just as an indigenous person in a community led us to really good practice inside of j- good journalism practice and perhaps even practice that journalism has not yet um caught on too. Well, that's and I think kind of what I was going to ask think, you,
1: actually, I was wondering like, yeah. do you think that not having that formal training and not maybe having the things that would might hold you back from asking certain questions or approaching situations a certain way that probably helped you? I would imagine in some cases, because you're not, you're not worried about the rule book because you don't have the rule book to begin with.
0: I I think so. I mean, I, again, I, I don't want to bullshit you and uh, big up myself uh, unnecessarily, but, um, but yeah, I mean, for sure. I, I mean, you know, there were there were a couple times where I was following sources and and meeting sources where I definitely felt like um, <clears throat> I should be recording these conversations, and most journalists would. But I just went in, you know, naked. I just went in with nothing, no notebook, no no bullshit, and I was just like, I I need to talk to you because I need to understand this. And there were moments where I know I made decisions that journalistically may not have been correct, but they 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 opened other doors for us and and expanded expanded on the story and the characters that we would find therein and um and again i i mean it, there's no secret to the job it's 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 digging it's questioning and it's writing and recording yeah um and i think that maybe one thing that you can't train that maybe i i i have for whatever reason is um are my, are my impulses. And, and I think I have those impulses because of my experience with story and joke writing and story writing and, and theater and acting, which I went to school for. And, and so I, so I understand story completely. I, I, I know what a story needs and and what it doesn't need. And so if there's one thing that I've trained that I, I think I'm strong at, it's probably story. And you know, <clears throat> there's, there's nothing but story in a place like Thunder Bay and, and, uh, there's, there's much, much more to say, you know, about the place. Yeah.
1: How did, um, I mean, I've seen kind of how Canadian, you know, people who listen to that podcast and, and you know, have received the show, but what about the people in the community? Like, have you followed up with some of them about, you know, what they thought of their finished product?
0: Yeah. I go back there whenever I'm invited. Um, so I've been back there to meet with the Nokiwin tribal council, which is the, all of the. First Nations communities uh, in the surrounding area, uh, Fort William First Nation itself, present presented the podcast work back to them. Thunder Bay Police Service was there. Uh, members of the mayor's office were there. Um, lawyers, crown attorneys, people flew in to come and hear the presentation. Um, you know, have been invited back to... Um, a couple of the other indigenous organizations in the city to again, talk about and present the work. I've um, been invited by a couple of non-indigenous organizations, um, the university, uh, the college uh, to come and talk about the work. And so I'm there taking bullets, man. I'm I'm, I'm open. I got yelled at, but at a Knights of Columbus, uh, a gray and purple haired uh, event with a bunch of white folks that, that didn't like me. And, I sat there and listened to them cuz that's the deal man. I I said I said that I was not coming here to throw a grenade and run. I ca- I care about Northwestern Ontario. That's where I'm from. I uh, I'm a I'm a old uh uh hockey playing moose hunting redneck just like the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. And and I give a shit about that place. Um but I'm also not afraid of of the people that 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 are 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 destroying that place slowly but surely. So so going back there and being being accountable again probably goes against what most journalists would ever do um but for that project and for what that was I feel like it's really important and that was our deal and I think that 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 is important to me um you know we're doing a season 2 um we're focusing on a new city soon um doing a follow up to Thunder Bay and and I have to consider whether we're going to, you know, make that same commitment back to Niagara Falls because it's the new city we're focusing on or not. But um, but it seems like the right thing to do. I mean, if we're investigating the impacts of colonialism and we're investigating sort of the, the way the Canadian state fails Indigenous folks and non-Indigenous folks, I think it's important to be a part of the conversation.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that... It comes through on the podcast that you do care about the area and that you, are, you do have a personal uh, engagement with, with what's going on. Because I think it could have been done very differently where someone, again, like you said, helicoptered in, recorded a few hours of content and then got the hell out of there. And it definitely, you can tell, right? So that's, uh, and that kind of, I guess, goes along with the podcasting versus journalism where you can do a personal story like that in a journalistic style but it doesn't have to follow the rules or you can put your own voice to it or your own spin on it so and it it was was, i think it was a really cool accomplishment
0: well and i I would point to a couple of other podcasts too if i could really quickly for your listeners that may not have heard these podcasts yet but the crackdown podcast made by garth mullins um out in vancouver cracked are you familiar with Crackdown? no i'm not
1: no i'll have to look it up
0: yeah, Crackdown is made by Garth Mullins and and his wife and partner Lisa Hale. They produce documentaries for CBC Ideas. They're they're incredible radio makers. But they are uh they call themselves war correspondents. Um they they are in the downtown East side um in community making a a a podcast series about the war on drugs and the opioid crisis and um they're making it with drug users themselves. And uh, it's it's fucking. I'm telling you, it's the best. It's the best podcast ever made. I'm talking about Serial. I'm talking about the bros that listen to Joe Rogan. I fucking. <laughs> I, I I'll give you my house if I'm lying. Yeah, yeah. Crackdown. Crackdown is a is a must listen. Um, and it's just so honest and revealing, and it shows you how much love and and heart and care is in the downtown east side. People think about this this hell hole that, that you hear about. And it's just like, it's the complete, I feel safer in the downtown East side at 11 o'clock at night than I do outside of the MTS center after a jets game. Sure. Like, it's just, it's, there's a lot of love there. So crackdown. That's an example of, of someone going in, making a podcast with the community for a community by a community that gives people completely unique access to that community. Yeah. Um, Another podcast I would point to is Connie Walker's work through her Missing and Murdered podcast. Yeah, I'd listen with to CBC. that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's just another podcast from a community for the community that that gives people access. So there are examples uh, much like Thunder Bay where um these these stories can be told with care. I would say Justin Ling's uh, podcast um uh on with with CBC Uncover. Right. Uh, it's called The Village. I think Ling uh, did the same thing with the same kind of care, providing unique access to a community that is often unheard uh, from. So these are examples, I think, much like Thunder Bay, where people took a lot of care and a lot of time to do things properly. And uh, for your listeners, for those that want to kind of explore that work.
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to I'm going to look those up a minute. I I down some one sounds very interesting. I almost seems like Winnipeg yeah. could could use its own version of that show with the meth crisis.
0: Man, everywhere could. I mean, and this is this is the thing like we're so afraid of like safe injection and we're so afraid of harm reduction and it's like this harm reduction and safe injection sites have been saving lives in Vancouver, I mean, the naloxone kits like that are now normal and standard. Like this all came from the downtown east side, man. And it came from drug users themselves that know how to save each other's lives because they fucking love each other. And so it's in their best interest to know how to save each other's lives. So, I mean, there's just a lot of there's just a lot of lessons that you can take from from podcasts like that that are made with care. Uh, from a community, and and it's definitely a best practice. And it's interesting because a lot of this work is coming from Canada. Yeah. Now we we don't have the millions of downloads like audiences in the United States, but man, I I, I would say there there's some bad motherfuckers doing podcasts in Canada right now. Yeah, yeah. Doing really amazing work.
1: Yeah, it's kind of cool with this, such a small population. You, you know, c- compared to the states, there's there's a lot of really groundbreaking stuff happening here for sure. Yeah is there I mean I know what you're doing the next season uh, you know of of your Thunder Bay focusing on another city but is there sort of a an idea that you've had for a while that you've been wanting to do but it hasn't come to fruition yet like do you have like this uh, whether you want to talk about it or not I don't know but some kind of dream podcast or or an investigation or subject you want to cover that you just haven't had a chance to get to yet
0: yeah man for sure I have a couple of podcast series that that uh, you know I've, I've kicked around um you know pitching and um you know I've been approached by by some folks about making new work and um there's one called Legends um it's a working title right now but it's basically a behind the actors studio for indigenous folks and um as morbid as this is you know the first generation of indigenous actors and writers and cultural leaders and thinkers um they're they're getting older and um and they've we've never given them a platform or a chance to tell their story and if 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 as hard as this is to say but if if Buffy St. Marie passes away and my daughters don't know who she is i'm a fucking asshole and i will have failed
1: sure sure yeah
0: you know so so i i really want to do that series called legends i want it to be done by the cbc i want it to be on cbc tv on cbc gem they fucking put it on their YouTube. I don't think they can fucking project it on the side of buildings. I don't care what they do, but CBC needs to pay for it because, um, you know, the, the, the public broadcaster should be championing projects like that in this day and age. Um, so that's one. And, and another one I want to do is, is, um, um, is called invisible city. And it's, it's basically about um the indigenous origins of major cities across north america and and I want to just tell the story of of the people that were there before these cities were there, and then how those cities sort of came to be uh, history is such a such a funny thing um and such an interesting thing to me because it, you know, it seems like you talk about history and you talk about like treaties and you, you kind of like, this is like, well, this is black and white cowboy and Indian shit, but it actually wasn't we're talking three people ago, like (laughs) three, three of our ancestors ago shit was a lot better than it is today. Um, so it's not that long ago that, 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 that we're actually talking about. And so, so I want to go back and, and that's, that's the invisible cities project is one that I've pitched in the United States. I've, had a big podcast company look at it and, and they were very interested, but at the end of the day, too political. They, they, they're, they're notes to me where it's too political and there's not enough story. And I was like, motherfucker. Yeah. You just, you just don't want to do this work. Like that, that sounds like an excuse to me. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, and there's actually a, there's a, there's a fiction podcast that I want to do. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, um, yeah it, it's uh basically a sitcom in podcast form um and i'm currently writing it and kind of slowly pitching it out and it'll be it'll be sort of the tester to get the actual sitcom made so um yeah lot, lot lots too much too many ideas
1: yeah yeah i know that's awesome